Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. Today, I wanted to really just make it more application. And, and this is a perfect setup because, I mean, this is, this is what our private life should look like in that we are just taking that time. I, you know, w- whatever worship looks like for you is completely fine. Worship for you might be bass fishing at sunset with nothing happening, right? That might be your kind of worship. Praise God for that. You know, it doesn't have to look like anybody else at all. Worship is a response. Worship is when you, it's in that moment of awe, and it's like you're aware of how big God is outside of your current perspective. That's worship. That's like you just have that moment. You know what I'm talking about? Where you just kind of have that moment of, wow, whoa, that's worship. That's an honest response of your heart in worship toward him. Amen? And if it happens in a setting like this, praise God. You don't want to try to manufacture it. But I pray that for you, you have those times where you are taking the time to root your identity in Christ. It's true. You are seated with him. You are in him. You are in his kingdom now. His kingdom is not somewhere over there that you got to figure out how to get to or one day he's going to bring it here, you know. This is not where I was going, but if you think of kingdom like this, anybody like quantum physics? I know we got one. We got one astrophysicist. Literally, she's an astrophysicist. So I got to be, she'll correct me if I get this wrong. But you, you think, you know, when you think about kingdom, you think about dimension. And dimension, we know that there are, well, there's three dimensions we live in. You can go forward, backward, left, right, up, and down. Those are dimensions. That's our three dimensional reality that you move around in, right? And then Einstein said time was a fourth dimension that just moves in one direction, but it's a dimension that you interact in. So think about it. Where is time? If it's a dimension that you interact with, where is it? What is it? Can you feel it? Like you can measure it. You can watch that clock and you can see that it's happening. You can look at the mirror and realize, wow, time. (laughs) But kingdom is like that as well. It's a dimension that you're in, you're participating with. It's not distant, it's not removed, it's effective. It's here, it's active, it's alive. And it's not an entropic dimension where it's bringing everything to chaos and deteriorating everything. It's actually bringing things to life. Amen? So it's like, when you think about the kingdom of God, it doesn't mean, you don't have to like, anybody watch The Flash? You know how he like phases through walls and stuff? You You don't have to figure out how to phase into the kingdom. You're in it. Say, I'm in it. it. The kingdom of the living God is in you. You are an active participant of it. And in that kingdom, you are as you should be before the Father. Because he has given, he God has granted you access to himself through your faith in Christ. Amen? Amen? Amen. Like there's nothing that separates you from God other than in your mind. He has joined himself to you. And see, this is how we need to live toward the world is understanding our identity in Christ, that it's like we have this never-ending resource 
that is fueling us, giving us wisdom, giving us life, giving us words of knowledge, giving us peace, giving us strength. When you're easily stumbling over those temptations over and over and over again, he will give you self-control. But in your heart, you have to learn how to shift and turn toward him and be nourished by that spirit. Nobody can really teach you how to do that. But it's there and it's alive and it's active. And he promises that if you will put his word in your heart, it will bear fruit. That is your job as a Christian is to make sure that that word of God is alive within you because it will bear fruit. That's what you use the word for. You don't use the word as a standard to look at yourself and see how bad you've missed it. You can do that if you want to, but you're not under that covenant anymore. Amen? Amen? Like if you read the Bible and you feel really guilty, like the Old Testament especially, you're reading all those laws and you feel really guilty, good job. That's what it's supposed to do. That's what the law does. It points out your sin and says, you are not good enough. You cannot do this, but there's a better way. There is a new and living way. And in this new and living way, it's not dependent upon your behavior. In fact, your behavior becomes a non-issue when you trust who he is in you and you let him empower you. See, that's the secret of grace. People that are getting nervous about being delivered from the law preaching don't really understand what grace is. You know? It's like some Martian coming down and looking at a muffin and an apple and not realizing that apple is healthier. It's like, you can eat that muffin if you want to, but it's going to bring death. You eat that apple, it's going to bring life. That's like grace and law, kind of. I don't know. That worked for you? Worked for me. <laughs> worked for me. We're talking about one small step, though, is where we are right now. Because at the beginning of the year, I personally like to just, you know, reevaluate some things and look at where we're going and just start taking those little steps. The next couple of weeks are going to be super practical. We will have scripture in here, but they're not going to be theological discourses. We're going to look at how to actually apply the Word of God over the next couple of weeks. So in this series, we're just looking at one small step. Um, go ahead and go to the next one. Purpose, dreams, passion, and calling. Your purpose has been laid on you as if it's, some, like if it's a dartboard on the wall, and it's way over there. Did you guys see that video of Mike Tyson blindfolded hitting bullseyes with darts? You guys aren't spending enough time wasting your time on the internet. But anyway, <laughs> it's crazy. You know, we've made purpose like a dartboard on the wall, and it's like you got to hit that bullseye, and however far off you miss that bullseye, you're missing your purpose. That is ridiculous. Purpose is why God created you. So in other words, the re so you're created by God. Why did he create you? Think about that. Why did God make you? Why did God want you? Why are you breathing air? Family. Did God create you to do a job? No. He wanted children. But because this world is broken, he might give you a job. But you do it from your purpose, which is a child of God. Amen. Amen? So I want to give you some scriptural context of what I think God's heart is toward mankind, of the reason that we're all here, the reason that we're breathing his oxygen, the reason that he sent Jesus into this earth, the reason that the church is tasked with 
this, this job of going into the world and revealing his kingdom and preaching the gospel and the minist- walking in the ministry of reconciliation and inviting people to come back to their father. Just some s- scriptural context of what we're looking at today. Revelation 4.11, You're worthy, O God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things to give them jobs and make them bow down to you. No. <laughs> for your pleasure Amen. they were created. Do you know what gives God pleasure? When you experience his promises in right relationship with him. Cancer does not bring God pleasure. Lack does not bring God pleasure. Think about your own children, those of you that are parents. Ephesians 2, starting in 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy. I love those, right? Like, he didn't have to say those kinds of things. Could have said, God, who's angry. You know what I mean? Like, you get character. It's like character development of who God is in these passages. You know, when you read something like that, think of, just stop and think about that. You know, he didn't have to say that. He could have said something else, but this is what he chose to say when he's talking about this concept. He chose to talk, highlight his mercy. God, who is rich in mercy. He's got a big old fat wad of mercy right there in his pocket. And he will peel it off and dispense it willingly. Amen. Rich in mercy. Made us alive with Christ. Say, I'm alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in, in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. In or- now, watch this. Watch this. This is the intent. This is why I put this passage in here, what I feel like God told me to put this in here. This is God's intent for humanity, what he wants for all. It's what he wants. This transcends temporary. In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Like when God sits down and he gets out his pencil and he starts making plans for humankind, this is what he wants. It's like, all right, here, it's, you know, when you make your goals and your plans and you have your, your end goal, your end goal you start with, it's like, all right, I want this. This is God's end goal. Forever in the ages to come, without end, God to show the riches of his grace toward you Amen. in kindness. Is that phenomenal or what? I mean, that's like, that's the heart of God. 1 John 4, 7. So now us, dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. God's sitting there and he's looking at broken humanity and he's not, you know, he's not interested. He's not interested in sacrifice. He desires mercy. He's not interested in you coming to him with your achievements and your accomplishments of keeping his rules. He's interested in you coming to him and acknowledging him for who he is, the glorious father, the one who loves you. That's why he sent Jesus into this earth. Of course, he wants you to live well. Of course, he wants you to bear the fruit of holiness and righteousness on this planet so that his representative accurately shows the world, all right, look, I'm carrying this message. My life also reflects his nature, of course. We would never water that down. 
But you don't live that way unless you know his love for you. The more you know his love for you, the more you live that way. The more you understand and experience God's love for you, the more that desire for carnal things, it just, uh, just not doing it for me anymore. Ugh, I don't want that stuff anymore, man. This is better. Amen? So from that grounding, we go into these ideas here. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice. His atoning, sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us through our love for one another. We have a part to play in God showing the world who he is, and that is loving one another, walking in love toward the world. Love is not compromising. Love does not water down God's morals and standards. It accurately represents them exactly like Jesus did. Do you think Jesus forgiving the woman caught in adultery who legally should have been stoned was Jesus going soft on sin? No, what was it? It was applying the law in love because what he did was set her free from condemnation and then said, now go or it's going to be worse for you. What do you think that did to her? That's liberating. We don't know exactly. She may have stumbled again, maybe not, but I guarantee you that encounter with God in the flesh is the source that will drive her from that continued behavior. That's who we get to be for people. So where, where I want to go with this today, really, and we'll get there eventually, but is you determining what you, what your call is. And now it's a participation with God. You know, I want to dismember the idea that God created you to do a job and build up the idea that God created you because he wanted you as a child. But now that you're here and this world's broken, he might call you to do something specific. We're going to figure out how to figure out what that specific thing might be. You good with that? You ever taken those uh, tests and it's like, what am I supposed to do, God? Yeah. And you go through all this thing and it says, you are supposed to be a blah, 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 blah. And you're like, Whoa, I don't know about that. You know, I, I want it to come from God. I'm not against those kinds of tests. But if it's not birthed in your own heart and it's a, it comes out of a sense of passion and purpose toward the world, you know, you might just be looking for somebody to tell you who you are. That's one of the biggest things that people get frustrated with this church. We don't tell you who you're supposed to be. You come in, you might, you might feel like that we're not t giving you enough work to do. I'd rather you feel that way than be overworked. Amen. Anyway, I'm going to keep going here. So God's bringing all things together. Our part is to walk in love toward people. What does God want me to do? Have you ever asked that question? Purpose, dreams, passion, calling. Purpose is the reason you are alive. The reason you are alive, again, is to be a child of God. Amen. Like if you acknowledge Christ in your heart as the agent that restores you and redeems you and brings you back to the Father and the, and the, the Creator God as your Father, done, purpose fulfilled. Amen. You are existing as you should be, recognizing your Father, experiencing His love. So dreams, right? And you hear all these different kinds of things. This is a progression that I have developed. And, you know, you hear these common ideas. But this is how I've broken these down. Dreams are not bad. You know, you hear, follow your dreams, follow your dreams. I don't know if you should follow your dreams, but your dreams might be this. They're the things that you want to accomplish in life. It's okay to have dreams. You might want to sell a million records. You might want to make pottery that sells for a million bucks a pot. 
You might, you know, whatever it is, might have absolutely, stay on Jerusalem for a minute, nothing to do at all with ministry. That's fine. You might want to build a business that's a billion-dollar industry. Praise God. That does, not make, that does not mean that you're not fulfilling your purpose, and it doesn't mean that you're not walking in your calling. The, be- the, the sweet spot is when all these merge together, but it's okay to have some dreams. Anybody have some dreams? Don't, don't let go of them. All right, next one <clears throat> is passion. Passion is what you love. You ever hear that? I just, I just love this. I love music. I love art. I love whatever it is, you know? It's okay to have things in this world that you love. My passion is, is, is this, aside from ministry. That's okay. But calling, and where I'm ending up today, is who you love. Who you love, right? So you're taught to figure out your purpose, figure out your calling in this way. God, what do you want me to do? Well, that's fine if you ask the question, what do you want me to do? But what Jesus says, love God, love people. The way that you figure out what God wants you to do is, who am I supposed to love? You know, So it's not, God, what do you want me to do? It's, God, who do you want me to love? And I pray that that's a natural progression out of your own heart. So very simple concept. I pray that you figure out who you love. And I would say that's your calling. You might love divorced women. Women. You might, I, I, I love people that have been burned by religion. You know, that's, what, that's who I want to, man, I'm, I, my, I'm like, let's get you free from this structure that has been built up in your mind. You know, you might love people. I'm just looking around the room. I see Tammy, she's starting. I'm looking at Caitlin. She's got a ministry to rescue girls from trafficking. You might love girls that have been forced into that. You know, you might love Hunters, I don't know, whatever it is. What is it for you? You know, right? You might love Africans in, that, can't, that don't have water. You might love people on the other side of the planet. So how do you begin to express that? And this is where I want to go. How will you love them? Who do you love and how will you love them? See, because what we try to do is it's like we sit there and we wait and we try to get heaven to give us some information in this blueprint of what we're supposed to do, and that's our calling, and we sit around and we, we think we're wasting our time by working our jobs. And we think that if we're not getting paid for our passion that we're failing. Or you might feel like God's failing you if you're not getting paid for your passion. You may never get paid for your passion. You might have to work a job that you don't like. You know what? You got to deal with your attitude. But that does not alleviate you from expressing love toward people. Like if you feel guilty about anything, which I hope you don't, it should be that you're not loving toward people, that you're not positioning yourself in the face of God long enough to where it inspires love toward other people around you. Like that's, that's the thing, you know? I didn't read my Bible enough. Well, you know... Read your Bible. Yeah, you should read your Bible. I didn't go to church enough. Well, you know, go to church. There's good churches out there. But I didn't sit and let God love me to inspire me to love others. So this is what I want you to decide this week. Because over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at 
how to take that love and put it into practice. You know, I think, did you, was Gather kind of part of this thing from last year or a year or so ago? Kind of like you decided to move toward ministering to moms. Yeah. So like uh, Bethany over here, she was like, I don't like women's ministry. I don't even know that I even really like church, but I love moms. <laughs> Is that fair enough to say? Yeah, yeah. But I love moms. Well, she came and this idea came together and fortunately we had this building that you guys are helping. Praise God for that. You can help more at the end. Anyway. <laughs> Whatever it is for you. You know, you might love astrophysicists. I can't imagine how hard it is to have these conversations that Susie's in, that she's worked. Are you in D.C.? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. But that's even worse. But anyway, you know, <laughs> I'm teasing. In, in your field... That's, that's the question that I want you to wrestle to the ground this week. Who do I love? Who do I love? Now, for me, it's segmented. There's a bunch of them. And, and so that's, that's kind of what this place has ended up becoming. We started a church in our home. It just, people keep coming. And so, you know, we just keep having these facets that we can pour love into. And then we work with one another. And, you know, like Ryan stepped up and is doing FPU, Financial Peace University. So now we get to channel love into people struggling with financial issues. I mean, you know, it's, 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 I love it. I love doing that. I love working with people to get into people's lives, to show them who they are in Christ, to bring God's love to them in a new way. They come alive and then it's like, oh my gosh, I'm living, I'm living from such a sense of purpose I never even knew was here. If this is what ministry is like, I think I'll keep doing this, right? Ministry is not standing up on a stage with a microphone per se. That's like just a small part of what I personally do. It's you responding to God and giving out that love. So ask yourself this week, who do you love? And for some of you, it might just be those children that are at home. And that's all there is right now. And that's enough because those children can be incredible seeds that you plant into this earth and do amazing things. Take care of those children. Love them. Nurture them. That is your first and foremost ministry. It just is. Don't ever feel like that you're not doing enough in this, on this planet. You are raising a human that God gave you. I mean, I'm, it's a big deal. And then how will you love them? You know, what does it take for you to be positioned to be able to love them? Do you need to travel? Do you need to buy something? Do you need to take a class? Do you need to read a book? Do you need to come to us, me, and say, hey, I've got this idea. What does it look like? Can we, can we work on this thing together? You know, Whatever it is, how are you going to create a structure, an avenue, a path for you to start taking steps toward that, those people, that people group, whatever it is, to love them? I want to help. If, if it's something that fits within what we can do together, let's do it. If not, we'll send you to a resource that will, that will help you. Amen? Amen? But that's what the body of Christ is. It's not a bunch of legalism where we're trying to out... Uh, what is it when you pick one scripture and proof texting? Right? Proof, te proof texting one another. Well, yeah, well, this. Oh, yeah, well, this. Well, yeah, well, this. Well, yeah, well... Uh, maybe one day we'll actually figure out the body of Christ should be moving toward unity yeah. in Christ. Amen. Of course, proper doctrine is important. Of course. But it's by our love for one another that they'll know that we follow Jesus. And it's by our unity in Him 
that they will believe that God sent Jesus into this earth. And that's what we want, people to believe that God sent Jesus into this earth. Because when they believe that, they are at peace. They experience freedom from death, freedom from fear, deliverance from all of that stuff, and they gain a new way to live. And that's what we want for people, walking in love. So who do you love, and how will you love them? Will you answer that question this week? Amen. Who do you love? Two questions. You might not get to how you love them yet. You know? And some of you have things going, right? I mean, I look, I look around, and it's like it's pretty, it's pretty astounding how many people in here have some type of active arm to reach people. We almost, we might need to do that where we like all list what we're doing and we can just kind of see what's going on and connect with different places. Would you be interested in that? Would you be interested in knowing who in here has what going on? I don't know. Let's figure out a way that we can do that. If you have some kind of ministry, some kind of meeting, some kind of anything, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Rachel and Jimmy over here. They're going to be doing worship for us in a couple of weeks, guest musicians. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited about it. It's the last Sunday in January. Is that the 29th? 26th. Thank you. Uh, so uh, they minister to musicians outside of church. I want to help them do that. Amen. You know, I want to help you do whatever it is that's burning on your heart to carry this gospel to wherever it is that you're trying to carry those people to. And that's the body of Christ to me. Who do you love and how will you love them? Amen? Amen. All right. Awesome. Man, I'm telling you, let's hear it for that band one more time. That was so amazing. Let's, let's pray. Father, we commit our hearts to you. We trust you. We thank you so much for salvation in Christ. We thank you for so much for this redemption that we have in you. And we, we want to commit to walking in love because that is, the, that is how we will be effective as a kingdom-carrying body of Christ on this planet is our love for one another and then turning that laser-sharp focus of our love for one another toward the world for effectiveness so that people will look at you and say, oh, that's what God is all about. Love, that makes sense. That, yes, that feels right deep within me. All this other stuff that's been built up, it's never made sense, but yes, this is making sense to me. Jesus, thank you for opportunities for each one of us that our hearts are sensitive toward you, that we're just being led by you into people's lives to be a seed of life, to be a, to be a purveyor of your kingdom, to be a carrier of your gospel, and to be, be a display of your love for restoration. Amen.